Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Well, a pretty drab and wet and windy draw yesterday at Stoke City. Uh, Nil-nil. I thought it was a positive result in the position that we're in. To help me talk about it, I've been joined by Neil Rees. Hi, Neil. Good day, sir. And I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hi, Paul. Twice in 24 hours. It's good times, isn't it? Privileged times. (laughs) So, uh, moving on to the game uh, from yesterday. It's one that both of us are going to completely forget, isn't it? It was just absolutely horrible. Where would you uh, rate that on uh, enjoyment level, Alex, out of 10? Enjoyment level is very low. (laughs) Probably (laughs) two. Yeah, three out of ten. Uh, I think that was the third or fourth nil-nil we've had away from home up north this season. Um, I can definitely feel for the uh, for the what was it almost seven hundred Reading fans who travelled up for that. We've seen nil-nil at Sheffield Wednesday, nil-nil at Wigan, nil-nil at Stoke, and in all three of those games, we haven't really ever looked like scoring in any of them. Yeah, what did you think of it, Neil? Uh, I'd probably give it about an 8 out of 10 for Saturday afternoon because I had the Welsh game on in the background. So <laughs> that was a campsite better for me. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it was it was turgid viewing, really, wasn't it? Um, it just looked like a park game of football where two teams struggling with the conditions and not really showing any kind of decent football at all. Um, I mean, saying that, we looked all right. We didn't look in, in any danger for, for the most part, which is, which is something to say for you know many games this season away from home where we looked like we, we struggled to get any kind of foothold in it at all and just fending off attacks. But we held our own and, and we, we shed a few bright spots, but you wouldn't say it was stellar in any way. Um, but then again, that's the makeup of our team at the moment. It, it's not really fit for purpose for, you know, free-flowing football where everyone understands what they're supposed to do. It's all a bit mixed and match. Yeah, totally. I mean, I had some uh, EPR3 afterwards and Lord CKS, uh, Chris Scott, said died of boredom. Uh, I think it's, it's quite as bad as that, Chris. But yeah, I can see where you're going with that. Ian Anderson says time to regroup, which is critical with the injuries we have. Obviously, we had some uh, pretty bad news about Nelson Oliveira, which we'll come on to later. Other ones we had, that, which sums it up really, from Chris Ellis. Uh, Ellis, yes. Good Rotherham lost. That's it, isn't it, really? That is the most important factor, really. If they keep on losing, which they haven't been doing, actually. They've been on a pretty decent run otherwise. That's the factor that's going to keep us up, because now we're a point above them. It's not just goal difference. Um, I try to find positives to take from yesterday. Yadam, I thought he was excellent. I think he's been getting better and better in the last few weeks. Baker, I thought he was decent again. Elise looked nervous, definitely at the start, which I saw. You know, first half was slightly intermittent, I must say, uh, for uh, watching it. Um, Moore, I thought he had his best game for a while. What positives did you take out of that game, Alex? We looked solid defensively again. Um to be honest, after Stoke Stoke hit the bar in the post in the first twenty minutes, and then after that, I mean, there was I think Martinez made Martinez made maybe one save in the second half. I don't think Stoke created a chance though. 
they didn't they didn't really trouble us at all. Um, maybe to be expected. Stoke haven't exactly been on fire going forwards, um, but you've, they've got the names behind them. They've got Sam Vokes playing up front, Joe Allen in midfield. Um, I mean, Bojan came on for them yesterday. The, you'd expect them to have at least created a couple of chances, but we we did restrict them to basically nothing after that first 20 minutes, it felt like. Yeah, I was glad when Afobi came on because he was awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. There's one moment when he managed to have the ball on the byline. He should be crossing into our box and he manages to kick it off the pitch, off his own other foot. I'm sure I'm is... not the only person who thinks he's vastly overrated. Mm. I'm not quite sure how he was sold for... Twelve million pounds or whatever it was to Stoke. No, I think probably off the back of playing in that Wolves team last season, scoring a few goals. I mean, if you were playing in that team last season, it was hard not to score goals, wasn't it? Really? Mm. I mean, they were spectacular in the Championship. What did you think of uh, Baker? Now, yeah. uh, he seems to be growing into into that role, doesn't he? Of um, defensive midfielder, he's clearly not not meant to be there. Uh, but he has to be. But he, he's, he seems to be rising to the occasion um, and basically holding that midfield together, doesn't he? If, if nobody was there of his stature, let's say, then we really would be falling apart. But he's using whatever physical attributes he's got and he's using them very well and, and still manages to kind of play his game um, to boot. So... He's he's doing fine. I think he's actually enjoying playing for us. Um, maybe that's coupled with the fact he's just you know playing football per se. Um, but he he shows the emotion of of when we win. He's he's a part of our team, and he doesn't feel like he's alone. But he feels like he's he's one of ours. If you want to be trite about it, um, yeah, I've been very impressed with him lately. He seems to be certainly growing into his role and. Um, hopefully, he he can he can still display that when hopefully Renamoto comes back, which hope maybe the the next home game if we're lucky, but that might be a bit too soon still. Yeah, possibly. I thought Baker set up possibly our best chance, one of our best chances in the second half for Mate, who managed to be in the penalty area unmarked, and instead of actually hitting it towards the Stoke City goal. Managed to, and a magnificent clearance. I mean, I, I'm going to be kind and say that the wind was involved with that. But I looked at some stats of the match, and Mate had 19 touches in the whole match and a pass accuracy of 33%. Ooh. Now, as a, I've got to be fair to him, as a comparison, Sam Vokes for uh, Stoke City, had 16 touches and only 40% pass accuracy. So it's a kind of, you've you got to be fair to him there. But I don't know. It is a major worry when we come on to the players that Nelson Oliveira news a bit later. But Blackett and Swift. I mean, I think Blackett in the last few weeks has dropped off slightly. I don't think he's quite playing at the level that he was a few weeks ago. What do you think on that, Alex? Yeah, potentially not playing quite at the same, yeah, same level as um, as January and February. Uh, he's, he he still looks he looks okay defensively, but I think attacking he does seem to have lost a little bit of output um, in the last maybe 
three, four weeks. Whether it's, I, to be honest, my my current thoughts behind it are probably that now we've lost a little bit of that cover in midfield with Renamodes being out, that actually Blackett, it seems like Blackett is more suspect to wanting to hold off going forwards. Mm. Um, because he doesn't feel like he's got enough protection from the midfield. And often when we're playing Barrow or Mate ahead of him, he doesn't have that protection. Um, which I guess is why we've seen McCleary start on the left yesterday and Harriet yeah. on the right instead of the other way around. Yeah, no, no, that that makes total sense. I mean, if you think um, you're going to be absolutely left on your own, you're not going to be going up too much, are you? And as a team, as a whole, yesterday, I thought we played very safe, very safe. We didn't really commit many players forward at any point. Which is logical. I can see that. A point is still a good point for us. There was one moment during the second half when Stoke City got a great cross into the box and they should have made, I don't know, I don't know if they should have scored, but they had a free header and it goes wide of the goal. And then straight away, Miazga absolutely screams at Blackett about stopping the cross. But I don't know. These are minor details in a match, but we from both sides of the pitch, we do not stop enough crosses. Constantly, we're giving away chances in our own penalty area. And that's been the same under Clement and Gomez now. Initially, it changed under Gomez, but it seems to be coming back again. So a clean sheet. Martinez making one save, really. Um, I want to have a look at the Gomez stats and uh, looking at that, how he's done some, how he's done since he's arrived at the club in comparison to uh, Paul Clement. Alex, you looked them up. What have you found? Uh, yeah, so clean sheets wise, we've played 15. So just looking at league games, we've played 15 games now under Gomez, and that's his fifth clean sheet. Um, so we've conceded 20 goals in the other 10 games, which on the face of it doesn't sound that great. Uh, we conceded, what, four against Sheffield United, four against Swansea, and three against Leeds. So we're conceding too many goals in some games but in other games we're very like very stout very resolute in uh, in defense um i guess the, the the clean sheet stat so we've had five now under gomez as i said um i mean that that would put us on the same kind of level of clean sheets as a team like stoke or leeds or sheffield united if we were to maintain that across the season and i think 15 games is probably a fair enough sample to say that you know we potentially could do that. Um, I guess the issue comes that, that when we're not keeping a clean sheet, we're then conceding too many goals. Yeah, totally. I mean, how much is we looking at points per game at the moment in comparison to Clement and uh, Gomez? So Clement's first fifteen games. I, I mean, his first fifteen were split over the over the two seasons, um, and he he averaged about. 0.9, 0.8 points a game um, across his first 15. Gomez is at 1.2, so it's a it's an obvious like increase um, in terms of points per games. Um, we've scored one more goal in those 15 games under Gomez, um, but the main the main like difference, I guess, is the actual results. Uh, Gomez's first 15, we've only actually lost five games. Under Clement, we've lost nine. Um, we 
the, the real struggle seems the real well the real difference between the two seems to be we've become much more difficult to beat. Yeah, uh, which is key. We, we don't position. We, we don't roll over in front of teams. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, I'm sure plenty of people will say, "Oh, what about Leeds?" But and Sheffield United, but we we do seem to be able to put up a bit more of a fight against some teams. I mean, there was plenty of examples last season with with Clement when he came in of basically just rolling over after we conceded the first goal um, and not competing. Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, um, I'm sure there was a couple of other, Aston Villa. We lost them all by multiple goals without ever looking even close to being in the game. Yeah, and talking about the fight, we've seen that recently. We saw that against Blackburn, we saw it against Ipswich, we saw it against Wigan. And you can even put yesterday into that bracket, really. Those are vital points that we're picking up against teams that not always around us, but, you know, those two ones against Wigan and Ipswich were key. It's always got that frustration, I'm sure, if you're listening to this. You're thinking of the games against Rotherham and Bolton when we haven't managed to do that. But we have to move on from that. Um, how, how would you assess his first 15 matches then, uh, Neil? Uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because we've had such a variation of different types of emotion. We've had, as as Alex says, we've had some really crushing defeats, but to teams that probably should be beating us easily anyway, if you're talking about league position and confidence. Um, but the, that firm resolution has come with the addition of the, the low knees, um, Martinez and Miazga helping out there. Um, I think what we're not gaining so much is is that in-game confidence to control games. We're sort of eking out results and, and, and gaining a little bit of confidence at time, and then we can have a defeat which sets us back a little bit. So we, we haven't seen massive progression in terms of how the team is evolving. Um, but we are picking up the points. As you said, the points difference that Alex demonstrated there between Clements, Hall and Gomez is 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 quite stark, really. Um, but I guess it's just indicative of the position that Gomez you know, t- took over. He's not going to have a magic wand as we all wished he would have. It's, it's all going to be slow progress. Um, and we've just got to hope that it's enough, really. One thing I would say about Gomez is normally when a manager comes in, he's signed two or three players that he knows absolute certainty and he's worked before. He hasn't had that luxury at all. No. There's no one there. So I think he's, I mean, and he also had to get rid of so many players. Yeah, I mean, I think to, to his credit, he either he knew or he had to understand very quickly what the, what the club wanted to do in January. Uh, and given that he was a part of an evolution of the whole gamut of changes, um, he's had to make the very best with what he's he's got. Um, and, and coupled with that, we've had some you know pretty serious injuries to players under his under his watch as well. So he's had to adapt to to that too. Um, so he's not had an easy job at all. And I've got you know, every sympathy for him for what he's had to, to deal with really. Um, he, he has made us more solid. He has made us um, uh, certainly a lot more technical, if you like, than before. It's, 
I think that the, the main worry that we take away is that we're still not scoring enough goals, really. Um, we seem to score goals when we absolutely need to, but we don't seem to, you know, create them out of, out of nothing or of, out of sweet moves. Um, they're sort of born out of necessity that, and struggle than, 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 than sheer talent. Yeah. No, I, I agree. They, they, it's it's, it's going to be a slog, isn't it? Until the end of the season, anyone who thinks we're going to string together two, three wins, we've done two, but anyone who thinks we're going to get three or four wins at any point now, I just cannot see that happening. Nothing here, no. No, it's going to be all about points, individual points, and just hoping that the other teams around us, not just Rotherham, you've got Wigan, even though they won yesterday, you've got Millwall, who are definitely involved in this fight now. So if they keep losing, it's, it's, all, it's all good for us, even if you're picking up just the points. I had a question from, uh, not quite a question, kind of uh, thoughts from Neil Alesia. So thoughts are simple. While we are making hard work of this season, Gomez is definitely the right man for the job. However, why are the majority of the fans so adamant that we are going down? It will be tight, but where is the support we need? I, I'm not sure everyone thinks that we're going down. I think it's kind of split. I think um, maybe, as we were talking about before we started recording this, there's a big reaction to any result. It doesn't matter if we win. Like after Wigan, we were staying up. Uh, we lost during the week against Leeds. We're definitely going down. Um, it's that kind of finding that balance is very hard. I mean, <laughs> it's not easy because there is a lot of pressure on the teams at the moment. Where would you say you sit on the fence at the moment, Neil, about going up, going up? That would be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> going down or staying up? Which one's it going to be? Oh, I still say up, but mainly because obviously I've got a vested interest in Reading and not Rotherham or Millwall. But yeah, it's it's just a game-by-game game thing, isn't it? it you, you, you have to understand... The pressures, as you say, like, you know, on a better day yesterday, McCleary would have put his shot inside the post and not outside of it. And that's the kind of pressure that they, they have to face. But, you know, the run-ins for, for Wigan and Rotherham aren't as different as ours. Um, I think there's, they may have slightly more games where there's points taken off either side with teams in and around the bottom, whereas we don't necessarily have that too much. Um, yeah, it's so, so fine margins. Fine, yeah, it is, isn't it? Fine. Yeah, totally. It's the best way you can sign up, really. No, we uh, we should ban that one. Definitely, I need sure. to bleed that out. <laughs> so, Alex, you were talking about the reaction of fans as well to games. What are you feeling about that? I mean, it, the, the it's just a, a one extreme to the other, isn't it? Yeah, it's, we beat Robert, we beat, we beat Wigan. And we're staying up. Um, I mean, it, to be honest, I'm not even sure it's just the fans. It's probably from within the club as well. We we saw it against Wigan with the reactions at full time, um, and it was a, it it was as if we'd won a you know a quarter final spot um, in the FA Cup or you know. When in actual fact, those three points, whilst they were obviously very important against Wigan, they're no different to the three points we achieved two months ago against Forest at home. They're still just three points. Um, 
And then obviously losing against Leeds, everybody kind of expected it, I think. But then it was the the, the results night after which sent social media into a meltdown. Um, with the yeah, the accusations of not enough fight and you know I don't I just don't really buy into the the not enough fight and not enough um, effort being put in from the from the players. I think was as we kind of discuss, there's plenty of fight coming in from the Reading players. They're not, they're not giving in. Um, there is a lot of like, you know, trying and effort going into these games. So I don't think it's a case of uh, not enough fight. It's just the teams around us are going to pick up points. You have to accept it. When not, these teams aren't going to lose every week. Uh, no, this, the thing is last season we had that, them losing every week. Yes, and we were yes. above the relegation zone as well, I think, which is, is kind of uh, why there's probably a little bit more of a reaction this year to results, whereas last year it kind of felt like we were always just above it um, by a couple, by enough points. Whereas this year, because we're so involved in the, in the actual battle, every single result has to have some kind of major reaction to it. When I, in actual fact each result is worth the same amount of points and each result is worth, well, each game is worth the same amount of points. Um, and, you know, we kind of just have to see where we end up at the end of the season. Um, are, we going, are we staying up or going down there, Alex? Where, where are you going to sit on the fence? <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd love to just sit on the fence and not answer, but um, I I don't know. Uh, it's going to come down to the last day, really. Yeah, I, I'm certain of that. Yeah, I, I just can't see any any scenario really which there's and I think it's probably going to come down to all three I think Wigan might probably be safe by the last day I think their running is actually not easy but I think it's simpler um, there's more games which they've got at home against teams which they can beat and pick up points from than the other teams I think Millwall, Rotherham and Reading are probably going to be the three which are coming into that last day, looking at the table and looking at the other games. Um, are we going to stay up? I will go with a yes, just about by one. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm still going to say yes as well, but really, really close. It could be something like staying up by one goal on goal difference. It could be that tight. Mm. Uh, I just can't see us having a little gap and going into the last day and not needing a result. Or the other team to lose. I just, I just we, can't see that. Do we know uh, what the last games are for the other two teams? Are they uh, uh, away? Is Millwall are away at Wigan, and Rotherham have got, I believe it's Middlesbrough at home. Mm. Um, okay, well, Middlesbrough still could have something to to play for them. And we're at home to Birmingham, aren't we? Yeah. So let's hope it's not another one of those ones when Birmingham. I mean, I talk about Birmingham. There is uh, talk about them possibly being involved in the relegation fight due to uh, the EFL reducting points off them, but they're not going to do that. They won't do that. They they wait until the end of the season and then deduct five points from them, which are completely meaningless, or take five points off them at the start of next season um, to put them into a relegation fight. That's a strange situation for a club. I'm not sure they'll do that. No. No. I, I, I don't think they will do that as well. It's a it's a it's a dream, isn't it, to get another club involved? But I'm, I'm just not convinced that will happen. So if I was going to look at the next four matches, 
it's it's kind of it's a bit of a it's I, I can see both teams, both us and Rotherham, not picking up many points. And Simon uh, Carter USM has made that point as well. He said a lot has been said about our remaining fixtures being tough. I've just looked at Rotherham and Millwalls, and they don't look any easier than ours. Well, ours, our next four are Preston North End at home, Hull away, Norwich away, Brentford at home. You could look at those four fixtures and say we'd pick up zero points. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I think you can also very, look at very the seven or nine. Well, maybe not nine. Nine. Sorry, wow, nine. Nine. You're going for nine, Alex. Okay. I think maybe you could look at it and say we could potentially pick up six. Where do you think you're going to get those six points from? Uh, Brentford Hull. Yeah. We're yeah. not... And we're definitely not picking up a point at Norwich. No. No. What are you going to say for points total there now? I'd say six again, but I would like to think that we would win both both home games. Um, yeah. No, no, I do agree that that Preston would be the the harder of the two against Hull, but I just think home form um, is what would sway it. For my decision there, really, but yeah, I, I think looking at the the Norwich away game on the Wednesday, the the tenth, I can see us you know, if we've got any kind of luxury in that. In we would do the same as we did against Stoke, in that we you know we, we'd basically hold out for a point for as long as possible, make no endeavour really to go and trying to get a win unless it's absolutely handed to us on a plate. But I can't see that. Because three days later we got the home game against Brentford, which is is quite winnable. Um, they're, they're very variable, Brentford. You don't know which team sometimes you're going to get with them. But yeah, I, Hull, God knows. Who, who knows. They've got a goal scorer who's got 21 goals this season. Hull haven't they? And Bowen. Yeah. So. And they can they can win a game or they can get battered. So um, I think realistically, I think if we pick up four points from those four games, it's great. It, I I don't know about great is, but it's it keeps you on the, you know it keeps you on the points per game which you need probably to stay. Yeah, up. I mean that would take us up to forty one, wouldn't it? Because we're on thirty seven now. So yeah, I think you're right. If we pick up eight points from our last eight games, I think that'd be enough. I'm not absolutely certain on that, but that would get us to forty five. Um, yeah. On the other hand, though, if we if we take um, Norwich as a, a free hit, as as it seems to be like to be known as these days, a game that you're sure to lose, we've got to keep the goal difference uh, yes, sensible as well. So, whilst we we highly likely to lose that game, we can't lose it by three or four. No, no, I agree. If we look at Rotherham's next four, they've got Derby away, Forest at home, Aston Villa at home, and they've got Stoke. That's that is not four easy fixtures as well. I mean, surely at some point Stoke have got to find out how to score a goal it's again. Slightly worse than ours, really. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I I think it's really tough. I mean, the thing is, the the worry is Derby because you're never sure what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, they only recently lost two 0 at home to Millwall. Mm. So. We know what Derby can do. They can blow up at any point. Forest, they're going for the playoffs. I think they're, are they in the playoff spots at the moment? I think they might be. Just outside. Aston, outside. Yeah. Aston Villa as well. They're yeah, in the spots. Uh, Stoke, yeah. that's the worry one. Is that home or away? Uh, the Aston Villa one. Yeah. Aston oh, Villa the, one. 
The Stoke one. The Stoke one is at Stoke. Yeah, okay. So it's really hard to know, isn't it, how it's going. But yeah. uh, someone who is absolutely killing us at the moment is Ajayi. Now, he was excellent when he played against us for Rotherham at the Medesi Stadium. But he's on amazing form for Rotherham. Mm. Is it five goals and six matches. Yeah. But, yeah. And he's a, he's a converted centre-back into defence midfield, which is the, uh, is the incredible thing. Uh, he's not... Mm. He's not a striker. He's not even an attacking midfielder. And all of a sudden, he's gone from having no goal. I think it was no goals before this run of form this season, or maybe one. And now yeah. he's the top scorer. That's amazing. It's amazing. He, but he looked really good when he saw him at the Medeci. I think I keep on bringing this up. But yeah, I think it's basically, if we stay up and they go down, maybe have, he's have just having the kind of great form, the month or a couple of months of his whole career. But... Maybe it's realistically the kind of player we should be looking at because defensive midfielder we've been crying out for. And if he can pop up with some goals as well, I mean, realistically, who are we going to sign? I don't know because we're going to lose all the loan signings. Well, most of them if we don't stay up. So the, uh, the Yadam that um, we took from Barnsley last year when they got relegated and we stayed up. He yeah. Same, couldn't he? Yeah, going back to Yadam, he played in centre midfield for the second half, didn't he? Yes. He's been looking after Alan, didn't he? Yeah, Follow- he did an okay job yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't think Adam would be here even if we stay up next season. He's certainly, certainly playing as if he's adamant he doesn't want to get relegated again, which is good. Um, yeah. Which I mean, he'll be rescued anyway. Even if we we did we did go down, then he'd be picked up by another team. I'm mm. certain of that. Um, but yeah, he's he's certainly playing with that fire that he doesn't want to be involved in, in that kind of malarkey again, um, which is you know, only good for us, really. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. So thanks a lot for listening. I uh, will be back in a couple of weeks now because um, uh, international break. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be going on a lovely holiday anywhere, but uh, <laughs> to be stuck no in there. Uh, beautiful no weather podcast training, Paul. What's that, sorry? Said no warm weather podcast training. No, no, that would be nice if you want to pay for it, Alex and Neil. Well, he's I'm not quite happy. Look at that blank faces. Absolutely no, 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 basically no. So thanks a lot, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Hello, and uh, welcome back for an additional five minutes because I stupidly stopped, didn't talk about Nelson Oliveira. So that is a big, big impact on our season. What is your initial reaction to that news, Neil, that he's probably going to be up for the rest of the season? Was it screaming or was it tears? Which one was it? it was expletives and tears. Um, I think we, we kind of knew that he wasn't going to come back within the next couple of weeks, at bare minimum. We would hope that he would appear after the international break, but even then, after a hamstring, you kind of think it's going to be tentative. He might even be on the bench at first, which is not really his strong point. Um, so if, if you can have analyze it like that, we wouldn't have had him at peak for, for long anyway. But on the flip side of that, he gives us something that no other striker that, that we've got in our books has. Um, every other striker we've got is injured also, um, which leaves Mate, And he hasn't scored since Christendom, really. I scored, no. against, scored against Wigan. So. Well, Yes, he did it's score quite an important goal. Great, great few months that we've had. It's one. 
Yeah, I mean, well, going back to um, uh, what Gomez said after the match, he said initially the doctor said it would be 10 weeks. It's a bad injury. He said, but Oliveira, he said that Oliveira had good genes. So maybe he can recover and help us in the last game. With a lot of treatment and a lot of work, I really believe he will help us. But the last game, I mean, that's pretty bleak, isn't it? Coming into it, um, I'm not sure how much you can throw a player into a match when he's only hasn't played probably for two months at that point. Alex, do you think, how much of a factor do you think is this injury news will have on us staying up? Uh, I don't know if it's going to make all that much of a difference now because I assume the squad have already realised the fact that he's out for that long. Mm. It's probably not new news to them, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's obviously new to us that he may be out for the whole season, but uh, you would hope that the team and the squad have kind of worked around it and already over it in a way. Um, it obviously affects us going forwards though massively. Um, yeah, hugely. We just don't create anything. We don't hold up the ball. I mean, I brought up the uh, Mate stats about 33% of pass accuracy. I mean, that's where Nelson is so good holding up the ball. Take away his goals as well. We, we're, we're desperate for Bodvas and or Bulldog to get fit. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know when either of them are actually going to be back, but we, we, we desperately need one of them up front, I think, and Mate to be playing out wide um, as soon as we can. Um, I did actually read, and I mean, I've seen a lot of people in the last, 24 hours talking about can we bring Mark McNulty back? Can we bring Novakovic back? For but I don't actually think either of those are very realistic because we're in this point now where we've got one striker. I'm sure the club have you know already decided or they've already looked at this option and it's not possible. Uh, yeah. As much as as much as I would love for Novakovic to come back and keep us up and you know be our first choice striker next season with 20 goals, it's it's not realistic. He's <laughs> Clearly, clearly, the club have not put a recall clause into the contract. Um, whether, like, I imagine the two loan clubs, um, Hibs and is it MN, MN, MN for Novakovic, they're probably paying Reading for the services of McNulty and Novakovic, so we can't recall them. Um, yeah, there isn't really many options. Like, we're pretty much stuck with Mate or Loader up front now for the rest of the season. I think. Um, there was a suggestion from uh, Gomez after the match yesterday. Baldock could be back after the international break. He's the I most. Mean, so. If Baldock's back, then that's great. Uh, like, I don't think Baldock is a fantastic striker by any means, but he is a striker. Yeah, which I'm not sure. Mate up from. Yeah, I'm not sure the same can be said for Yaki Mate. No, no, no I operating with a winger up front realistically he's not a, he's not a central striker there's only one there's only the only other option i've seen is uh i've just read it on twitter this morning um is there anybody who because realistically this is actually a, a striker crisis in inverted commas that reading are now in is there anyone unregistered out there who we could sign yakubu yeah yakubu i mean what <laughs> One name I read this morning from uh, Neil Palmer on Twitter was Lasse Vibe, who's unregistered. Oh, okay. oh yeah, no, that's I a good it. shout, actually. And like, uh, yeah. if, if he had to come in for 10 games, why not? Like, mm. 
I, I don't know if it's even possible, but it's free agent. Yeah, I think you can sign any free agent, can't you? If, if there's someone out there on a free agent who's played in the championship before up front, we would be stupid mm. to at least not bring them in to, you know, see if they're fit or have them come through when training for a week or something, I think now. No, Lasso Vibe is a good shout, actually, because he scored a few goals at Brentford. Um, yeah. I, I think he'd... Scored against them. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be probably the best we could do in our situation. Yeah, I quite like that one. That's mm. a pretty good one. So I'm glad now. I'm now going to end this on a positive note. Um, part two has finished now, and uh, I will pay more attention next time to my notes. So... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening again. And uh, I will be back not in five minutes. I will be back in two weeks. Cheers.